The group and I rarely devote our nights at the bar at anywhere except our usual spot. There is, however, the occasional exception, which is how we found ourselves one night in a little bar known as the Yes Hell. It's a very well-kept establishment with a tone very different, if not completely opposite from what we are accustomed to. Formal, yet somehow easygoing all at the same time. There's plenty of moody lighting, a stage for DJs and live performances, and 12-inch wooden blocks to play giant Jenga, which is definitely not a safety hazard when you've got a giant tower of those bastards crumbling towards you and you're too wasted to realize what's going on. What really fascinated me the most about this bar was the desired vibe of the owner. When the group ended the night, I stayed behind to finish up my drink, and I met me. At least that's what the name tag said, which, by the way, is a brilliant strategy if you're wanting to hide your identity at a bar. When people ask you who you are, you can just flex the name tag and say, I'm me. That's the kind of introduction I got to the owner, who in my mind is, to this day, still me. She was easy to carry a conversation with, and one of the most welcoming and accepting people I've met in the nightlife of Utah. But what made her really stick out to me was the book she had me sign. She handed me a Dr. Seuss book, I think it was Hop on Pop, filled with all of these signatures, pictures, and notes of love and gratitude from all the previous visitors. Personally, I was surprised it wasn't Oh, the Places You'll Go, but odds are she already used that one and was spicing it up with another classic. As of this writing, I haven't visited the Yes Hell since then and haven't seen that book since then. But it's exciting to know that somewhere, somehow, even if it's only through a few drops of ink, my mark was made in a place that I might have never gone to again. And in that moment, I finally understood the thrill of bathroom graffiti. Borealis Entertainment presents Get Lost So You Can Find Your Way Home A Podcast Memoir by M.K. Lott Chapter 5 My Attorney, Toby Maguire As someone who apparently cherishes the idea of destroying his adrenal glands, I spend most of my time working remotely on the top floor of a downtown coffee shop. Around this time in my life, I really only had three priorities. Hypnotherapy classes, contacting business owners for potential business, and learning the ways of pixel art. I tend to work up until the bell when the shop closes, and the night of today's story was absolutely no exception. Except for one thought that found its way into my mind. I'd be down for a drink. The usual bar wasn't too intriguing that night since it was out of my usual route home and I wasn't that desperate for a fire in my belly, so I continued to entertain the idea while I walked home. All the while, I passed by the shops and the restaurants that lured others in with neon and overly saturated rainbow colors just staying my course. This was definitely not my first rodeo down these streets, and I had thankfully just ate, which if my wallet could talk, it would thank God for me resisting my addiction to dining out. Which meant I wouldn't be tempted by my largest temptation, my go-to brewery, and I could pass by without a second thought of where I was. On this fateful night, however, I just so happened to walk on the other side of the street. My concentration was broken when I made eye contact with an expensively dressed, meticulously groomed man opening the door for his date and walking in without giving a word to me, and without me giving a word to him. The neon shine pulled my gaze up and I read the three words that I was surprised didn't cross my mind before. The yes hell. In this moment, I thought to myself, well, it seems my manifestation skills are getting better. Also in this moment, the man I made eye contact with would probably think, Oh, good for him for being able to afford a night in a place like this. Also, also in this moment, if my wallet could think, it would think to itself, 
Fuck. I began to remember me, Barmy that is, and her book with all the names and messages from travelers past, and I couldn't help but get excited by the idea of meeting the next participants. So I swung the door open and bolted inside to spark only three words in my head. What the hell? Remember the guy I made eye contact with before I realized he was going into the S-Hell? You know, all those seconds ago? Well, turns out he fulfilled the dress code and age code, as everyone in this bar was in the same dapper fashion as he was, moving to the groove of Billy Idol's white wedding. It was like if a high school reunion tried to recreate prom with a sense of, I don't know, style and budget. Which, for those who will try to capitalize on that idea, you're welcome. Now, a question may arise, did I abide by the dress code despite not knowing there was such a dress code that existed? And the answer was, surprisingly so. I happened to get some upgrades to my wardrobe for Christmas, and I walked in with this new blazer, a button-up shirt, black jeans, and some Chelsea boots. The fact that I was easily the youngest person in the bar, even beating the DJ most likely by a couple of years, should have been a dead giveaway, and, you know, that I didn't have any proof that I was a member of this group. And as I walked to the back of the bar, I saw the group's name and logo draped over a concessions table and bottles of champagne. I don't remember the name, and I wouldn't tell you if I did. But I do remember that it was a real estate group that felt like tearing it up on a Wednesday night. I couldn't tell you why, because, well, I'm not a realtor. The bartenders didn't know that, though, as my impromptu disguise granted me a couple of tickets for drinks, being quote-unquote, one of the guys. And that, my dear listeners, is how you turn $75 worth of drinks into a $12 tab. I took a seat right after I collected my tickets and spectated the party. Now that you have enough context clues, I think it'll be easy to show that I felt like a fish out of water. I was the youngest guy in the bar, so I felt this weird kind of imposter syndrome where I wasn't with my usual crowd. I wasn't an actual realtor, which made me feel unqualified, go figure. And I would have to come up with a false story to keep my drinks free. Which, by the way, the owner of the company started giving out tickets to people who weren't members of the company anyways. So by the time I would have gotten caught, it wouldn't have mattered! And I also had this notion that because I was surrounded by people who could actually make slash had money, I felt this weird assumption that I wasn't financially qualified to be there with them. And maybe my wallet was onto something. So I took note of what people were doing, and realized that I blended in just fine, so no one was going to bother me. And I decided to do some breath work and NLP to help recondition myself into someone a little more confident. So by lowering my breathing, I'm able to lower my heart rate, and by lowering my heart rate, it's easier for me to get into a more suggestible state, even if I'm not being hypnotized. And once I was in a more suggestible state, I aimed to reinstate my confidence. You're here, I reminded myself. And you're not somewhere else, so don't wish to be somewhere else when you're not. You're here, so bring your mind back here. This next one is a little unconventional, but I personally work well with imagery, but I wind up saying to myself, act like a knight with a sword. You have the tools that allow you to not have to worry about being anywhere else. You have the tools, so just be here. So I opened my eyes again, feeling my posture realign, and I aimed to wave down the bartender. This bartender was not bar me, this was a new man I hadn't seen before, with a highly, highly saturated suit. From top to bottom, he donned a vest with a lapel that had this gorgeous spring yellow as its primary color, 
paired with a necktie of the same yellow but littered with all these baby blue flowers almost in a checkered pattern. The slacks had yet to be tampered, but I wouldn't chastise him for that, being a culprit of it myself, but it matched the rest of the suit beautifully. And on the bottom were sandals. Sandals. This man was wearing a suit louder than a Metallica concert, but his true signature piece was a pair of Jesus sandals. Or, as my roommate's mother describes them, Jerusalem cruisers. With how many realtors there were in the bar, he was the fashion equivalent of the Joker. And he approached me, as any good bartender does while he was finishing one of his drinks, and his exact words to me, verbatim, may I add, were... What do you want? He was so flustered and so frustrated he had to take a lap around the bar before taking my order, screaming at the top of his lungs. And it wasn't like anyone could hear him, cause everybody was rocking out to Billy Idol. So I ordered a sidecar and said nothing else to this paragon of work ethic. I left myself to my own devices while I enjoyed the cocktail, and I looked over to see a man staring at me with drunk eyes. Meaning, one was droopy and the other was completely closed. He had a busted up trucker's hat, a jacket that's definitely seen better days, and a white burly beard that cloaked his face. I couldn't help but assume that this man wasn't a realtor. You with this group? I heard a voice to my left say. He was a middle-aged man in a leather jacket with droopy 90s styled hair. Think Leo DiCaprio styled hair. To his left was another man wearing a gray t-shirt and decorated with American traditional tattoos. Oh no, I, I just looked the part, I confessed. At this point, I had reassured myself that I didn't need to be or should be anywhere or anyone else. So you're off the street like us and him, huh? He pointed to the man to his left and then to the dazed and confused trucker on the other side of the bar. I think it would be safe to assume that he misinterpreted our conversation because dazed and confused got up and proceeded to walk over to us and sing to the song that was currently playing. I don't remember what that song was, but according to dazed and confused, it went along the lines of I love you guys. Yeah, we love you too, man. The man in the leather jacket said as Dazed and Confused slugged away in anything but a straight line. Yeah, that dude's awesome. I think I've met him before, but that dude's awesome. It had suddenly come to my attention that I was too sober for this conversation. So I shot back the sidecar and joined them on their next round. I never knew what kind of drink they ordered, but all I could taste for the rest of the night and all the next day was lemon and bourbon. I have a hunch that it was an old-fashioned, but it definitely felt too strong to be an old-fashioned. It didn't take too long until they, too, became my friends. The man in the leather jacket left to go discuss something with one of the leading realtors of the group. See, the man in the leather jacket had done a lot of architecture work, and happened to recognize and catch up with one of his former clients leaving me alone with his friend. His friend and I shot the breeze for a fair amount of time, and over time, I began to talk about some pain in my back, which, out of all the things we chatted about, caught his attention the most. Is the next round on you? He asked. What? I asked. Is the next round on you? I took a moment to balance out my inner checkbook and counted the tickets I had remaining. Sure, I finally said. Next round's on me. Alright, he said as he shot his cocktail back. He got up and nodded. Come with me. I followed him to the back of the bar where the kitchen was, and there, seemingly waiting for me, was a silver chair with the man in the leather jacket and his former client standing and watching me. The friend told me to take a seat, and I did. The two men continued to spectate while sipping on their liquor, and in the context of everything, I couldn't help but think to myself, 
what kind of eyes wide shut bullshit is this? Upon this thought, I suddenly felt the friend's hands move down my face. Okay, now just relax, he said. He was gentle, careful, dare I say respectful. Now, I don't know if you've ever had a grown man put his hands on your face like that, but I can say from personal experience, there are way better ways of receiving intimacy. In a panic, I started to tense up, which he noticed. Dude, just relax. I'm relaxed. You sure? Mm-hmm. This is me relaxed. All right. He began to sway my head back and forth in one of the weirdest motions my head has ever experienced. And then, he went over to the other side. Yeah, it turns out he was a chiropractor, and in exchange for getting the next round, he gave me a free adjustment. The bitch of it was, he told me he was a chiropractor, but I was so filled with bourbon and lemon zest, it completely slipped my mind. He had me hop up and proceeded to do the same thing with my back. And I may have been the youngest at the bar, but I felt like I just got back a decade. I was mobile, I felt more flexible, and I was realizing that I needed to buy strangers drinks more often. <laughs> After that, I had so much confidence that I was invincible that I probably could have convinced myself that I was a realtor. For the rest of the night, the two guys and I thrived at the bar as the outliers. The men in the leather jacket would swing his arm around me and yell to random realtors, You see this guy? This is my attorney, Toby McGuire. Uh, Jake Tillhall, actually, I corrected him. You see, I tell people that if you saw me, you would realize I'm what happens when Jake Gyllenhaal and Brendan Urie from Panic of the Disco have a baby. Suffice it to say, I was having quite the night, and I was truly enjoying the philosophy of get lost so you can find your way home. I showed up to a random bar, unknowingly disguised as a realtor, got free drinks and a chiropractic adjustment. Now granted, looking back at it now, I don't know if I would recommend that to everyone because that's all kinds of serendipitous, and I wouldn't advise it to someone who lives somewhere sketchy, but it's fun to think that this one time it paid off. And yet, I didn't feel like the technique I used to become confident was paying off. Because if it was, I would have demanded the chiropractor to explain himself. I would have either owned that I wasn't a realtor or owned that I was. And I didn't realize that it didn't actually work until I watched the chiropractor and the man of the leather jacket get up and start dancing with the other realtors. I stayed behind and enjoyed my dark and stormy and getting to spectate the middle-aged folk cutting up the rug. But as I was at the bar just sitting and thinking, I kept thinking, man, how do they get brave enough to just dance in front of strangers? I'm drunk and that's not what's happening right now. And around that moment, I looked to see the chiropractor talking with one of the realtors and pointing at me. I waved at them with a suspicious smile on my face and went back to my drink. Knowing how chatty he was, odds are he was telling her how he gave me an adjustment to the kitchen and why he was the go-to chiropractor, which I will happily agree from personal experience. I had about a quarter of the dark and stormy left, and I was looking for Jerusalem cruisers to close up my tab and head home. That's when I saw a silhouette moving towards me in my peripherals. I looked over and saw the realtor that the chiropractor was talking to walking up to me. She grabbed my hand, said, come on, and brought me to the dance floor where the chiropractor and all the other realtors were. I was able to hop out and get a ride home in a reasonable time, but not before, for all you Ted Lasso fans out there, I had my own little Coach Beard moment. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go watch Ted Lasso. You're welcome. I didn't think I would say this because of something that happened on a Wednesday night, but I became something of a changed man. Now that some time's passed and I'm able to revisit the event with fresh eyes, I've been thinking about my desire to be more confident, and I'm really glad to take a look at this again because I don't think I would have understood unless I saw it with my own clients. 
When you experience neurolinguistic programming or change in mindset, you may not always feel this drastic full moon type of transformation, but that's because the subconscious doesn't always work like that. In fact, there's a man who's considered one of the pioneers of hypnotherapy, Milton Erickson, who is really well known for just telling stories. And eventually his clients would say, he didn't hypnotize me, we just talked and he said this weird thing about this story. But it would work in the long run because he would get them into a suggestible state with the story. In fact, I remember having a client that said on our second session, I don't feel like anything changed, but I also started a podcast that I said I was going to do for the past year. Don't know if that's correlated to anything. They didn't feel it, but they began to see changes in their habits and behavior. I think what had happened here was I went into that NLP attempt with this belief that I was going to get a square jaw and giant muscles and become someone else and declare, I am here. But I think my behavior changed in more of a microdose. I was able to hold a conversation. I was more engaged in the conversations. I became content in this bar that I sporadically entered into. And I danced. I was confident enough to dance in front of random people. Because all I was concerned about subconsciously was being there in the present moment. The reason why I didn't feel like that was because consciously that wasn't the case. But your consciousness isn't always the pilot of what you actually do. And for all the naysayers or critics or skeptics out there, the NLP and the change of mindset happened before I had a drop of alcohol. Please, for the love of God, drink responsibly. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of Get Lost so you can find your way home. I hope this episode leaves you better than it found you. And if you have any questions about hypnotherapy or how it can benefit you, or NLP for that matter, I would love to help in any way I can. Just reach out on Instagram at mklotprohobbyist and I'll get back to you. Thank you as always for tuning in and I can't wait to chat with you again. Until next time, here's to finding your way.